The Adventures of Two Boss Babes, Navigating How to Be Modern Women. You know you love them. XOXO, Boss Babes. What's up, everyone? Welcome to XOXO Boss Babes. We are here in the recording studio. I'm your host, TA. And I'm B. And tonight we have a very special guest joining us all the way from London. Welcome, Jay, to the podcast. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have yeah, you. I'm so excited. I've been, I was counting down the days for your arrival. I wish we could say that you came all the way for us, but Jay's family lives here as well. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy holiday schedule to record with us. No, it's perfect. I, uh, as soon as I heard the first episode, I messaged TA and was like, oh my God, I love it. I, it's brilliant. And I, it helps my journeys to and from work. It makes traffic so much easier listening to you guys. Um, and then the offer to to feature on it, it was, it was I couldn't turn it down. Oh, well, we're, so, we're so excited to have you. And, you know, you are one of the first people that we had in mind when we were doing all of our planning and thinking of all our different boss babes out there. Your name definitely rings a bell. You've got such a cool job. And I think what's even strikes it more for TA and I is that you had the courage to sort of relocate your life. And, and so tonight, what our topic is on is all about what it takes to be brave, what it takes to um, reinvent yourself, to have the courage to leave home at what age were you Jay? I moved the last time I lived in Canada so I grew up here I've lived in London for the last 11 years I graduated from university and so the last time I lived at home I was 22. 22 years old like can you even imagine? No and you didn't know anybody in London when you went? No when I moved so my mum was born in the UK so I've got extended family um, up in Liverpool and so I had them and I'd lived with them for the first two three months that I was over there I didn't think it would last 11 years I thought I would go and I would apply for a couple jobs I had a bit of a dream kind of thought nobody's ever going to hire me and then I can come back uh, to Vancouver and continue my education and figure out what I was going to do with my grown-up life and then a slight wrench got thrown into the plans when the first company I worked for hired me um, on the spot in my first interview and then it was kind of a so now I'm moving to London, and how do we deal with this? <laughs> <laughs> your mom was probably devastated about you. Just, have, I mean, she loves visiting you there, but uh, at 22, I just can't even imagine what sort of courage, bravery, adventurous spirit it took to kind of pack up your life and move over there. And so that's why we wanted to have Jay on tonight's podcast to share with all of our listeners just another story of a boss babe's journey so we hope you enjoy we want to get started ta why don't you uh get us started so i think my first uh what i want to know is because when i look back and if i was if i look back at me at 22 there would have never been in a million years that i'd be like packing my life and moving to london so what made you because up until that point you had never lived on your own so what made you decide i'm going to go Besides the fact that you had family there, like, I'm going to go to London. I'm, I'm going to move there. Like, why, why? London? Like, why? why London? Yeah. Um, it wasn't London. So it was the UK. Um, I said before my mum was born there. So I'm fortunate enough to have a British passport. So the process of moving was very, very easy for me. So I didn't have to worry about visa applications or anything like that. Um, and I did have family. So I knew that I had somewhere to live for free for a couple months. Um, Oh, that's helpful. So it helps. Um, I have always had a love of motorsport and the automotive industry. So I 
wanted to move to the UK because I wanted to work in Formula One. Um, that was kind of my big dream. Didn't think it would happen. Kind of thought that I would go. It's the it's the job a million people dream of. Um, but Can I ask a question? Yeah. I, I need to stop you there. Yeah. When you say Formula One... A lot of our listeners are female. I think you need to break it down because when I think of that, I think NASCAR. No. So Formula One is the pinnacle of motorsport. Um, it is single-seater racing and it is the Grand Prix. So if you think of the Grand Prix of Monaco, it is the glamour. They've got a Canadian one. So they've got the Canadian Grand Prix that happens in Montreal every year. Um it's, it's racing, it's motorsport, and it's because it is the pinnacle of motorsport, the engineering, and it is the best drivers, it is the best teams, it's the best of everything, and I wanted to be a part of that. I used to get, it's a bit sad, I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch the races live from Europe when I still lived at home, so. <laughs> Back in your 20s, oh, yeah. early 20s, and late teens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, so yeah, you so really that. had this dream. Oh, had the dream, it's to be fair motorsport has always been something that's been in my family so I grew up going to historic car races down in California as a family vacation so it's to me it's in your blood it's in my blood like the smell of racing fuel and the sound of a v12 engine it's 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 a turn-on for you (laughs) it gets you going so because I see the way you're talking about it which is amazing so for you you really grew up the draw was you want to live where this grand prix takes takes I wanted I wanted to see that and um the UK is um world renowned for its engineering so there's a lot of teams that are based in and and around uh, the UK because that's where the talent is that's where the universities are that's where the people who are designing the cars are going to school Um, and I am not an engineer so I wasn't going to that (laughs) I wanted to work in PR I wanted to work in the public relations side of it so it's the side that is telling the story of Formula One Um, and I applied, but spoiler alert, I don't work in Formula One. I never quite achieved that goal in the full sense of working for a team. I've had experiences with it with various roles that I've worked over the last 11 years, but I've also decided that it's something that I, I love being a spectator. I love watching it. I would find it very difficult if I was working for a team that didn't have my favorite driver on it. Like for me, that would be really right. tough. Okay, because I was going to ask, <laughs> no. is that still a dream of yours? It's like, not. It's, it's not, so you've pivoted. I Yeah, it was something that I, it got me there. It was the drive because it was some, it was kind of the only thing that I, I knew of. And then once I was in, over in the UK, I was staying with family. I went I bought Autosport magazine, which is the like the Bible for uh, motorsport fans in the UK. And in the back of it, they had a directory of companies that were working in the automotive industry. And I found the section that had PR companies. And I went very methodically down the list of, at the time, there were three of them. Um, I sent an email to the first one, and they hired me. That is and such a boss babe <laughs> move. Like, can totally. we just take a minute to think about that? Because you are a 22-year-old. Uh, were you 20? 20- Oh, sorry. 23 year old. You're living in the UK by yourself. You've packed up. You've left your friends. You've left your family. You've barely just graduated university. And you are now over on in the UK. And you have the foresight to look at a magazine, see what public relations company are working for Formula One and just cold call them for a job. Like it's phenomenal. Like you should be so proud of yourself because 
I don't know a single 23-year-old. No. Well, I, I mean, it's not that I have no. a lot of 23-year-old friends, but if I did, I don't think they're picking up magazines for a job. No, they're not. And sometimes it takes, like, you've just got to be the one with the guts. Yeah. And sometimes you hear about those kind of things and that career starting for someone when they're in their mid-30s. Well, first of all, and we'll get to this, is that you just said for someone starting in their 30s, but you know what I think of? A man in their 30s. So not only that, but how many women were in this industry when you got started? Um, It's the PR side. Well, obviously, the automotive industry is a very male-dominated industry, and especially the PR side of it. Um, It's that quite old-school deals are done over it. The the good old boys. The good old days and the good old boys club. And to be fair, in the UK, there still are a lot of private members' clubs that women aren't allowed into all sections of. And I remember working for uh, the first company I was working for, we were holding a event and there was a a section of the venue that I was not allowed into because not only was I not a member I was not a man yeah which is insane is it changing it's getting better so the eight I started so when I got the little manual and I went down methodically alphabetically the first job one of the directors at the company was a female um, so there, I've always had really strong female leadership. Oh, in that's awesome. The jobs and the companies that I've worked for, which has been a real help. And PR tends to attract more women as does event management and marketing. So it's the kind of more, not softer fields, but it's a little bit more accessible. You don't necessarily need to know how an engine works, how the components of a car I I like to so whenever I start with a new company or when I was starting with a new um, when I was at the agency with a new client I always made sure that I knew what I was talking about because I never wanted to be in the position and I was acutely aware at the time when I started I was 23 and I had blonde hair and it was the stereotypical people weren't going to take me seriously so I made sure that I knew everything about my clients before I was ever in a position with a journalist um, and talking about it and it's something that that little bit of extra knowledge research on my part it's helped me so much in my career and it's to be able to speak confidently about a brand that you're representing I was that's what I was just going to say is do you feel that you getting that job and the experience of moving to London it helped you come out of your shell and that that when you look at yourself back then um, because I'll say like I've known you for many many years um, more and we would always reconnect like you would come out here every year we would always make sure to get together but it wasn't really until I came to see you in London in July and we were out one night that I really got to see this side of you and I was like oh my goodness like you're like beautiful you're confident you're witty you're like telling these guys this you're telling these guys that you're carrying this conversation and I don't know necessarily that that would have been 10 years ago do you think that you would have shied away from from a circumstance like that I think I people will correct me. I still think that I'm a shy person. Deep down inside, I will always be quiet and shy and not very confident. However, working in PR, you, you can't be quiet, you can't be shy, you can't have low confidence because you're having to, on some things, you're having to call a journalist and convince them to write a story about something that you think is amazing, but- They really, they, they may not, not care. You have to convince care. them to care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and for me, I created a persona for myself. So I took inspiration from Beyonce and Sasha Fierce, and I have PR Barbie. Oh, oh is that your yeah. is that your alter ego? That is Pierre? Because there are sometimes where you have to go to an event on your own, and it's for me, it's still to this day. I've been doing it for eleven years now. It's intimidating to rock up at a award ceremony where you know that there'll be people there that you know, but it's that initial walking in, not knowing anyone. If I can kind of channel PR Barbie and kind of you turn her on, yeah, and yeah. then that's how I—it's the fake it till you make it thing. Totally, and I always say fake it till you make it, and and that applies so much in our in our field as well. Oh, and I totally think for women does. in general, sometimes. But what I will say, it's funny, Jay, because I feel the same way. A lot of people would never ever think that I'm shy, and I'm not shy. But what I will say is that I am an extroverted introvert if that makes sense I have my moments where I'm very extroverted and I'm very bubbly and flirty and fun but what they say about people who have extrovert moments but are true introverts is they really recharge their batteries by themselves at home in their quiet space they need downtime to sort of recharge and be able to go out there and be PR Barbie so it sounds like you might be a little similar is that you've got those extroverted tendencies but you're an introvert at heart which is why sometimes in those scenarios you can be shy and it's interesting because people would say the same thing you're not introverted whatsoever but really I am People say that about me, though. Like, I don't consider myself, like, I, I'm outgoing. I can talk. I can speak in public. I'm, I always have a story to tell. Like, I, but it's the same. I like to be at home and, like, really kind of just have my time. I don't want anybody bothering me. I need to almost, like, recharge so that I can get out there the next week and be able to, And do to, it again. Like, to, to get on here and do a podcast and do it again and socialize and meet people. Um, but it's interesting because when I'm in a group of people sometimes I can feel myself inside kind of like just slowly shutting down just little by little by little and you wouldn't think that I was shy no. but I would take that as like no I'm shy like I'm not going to say anything and then other people interpret it as like oh look at that bitch standing in the corner well not yeah they might think the you have a resting bitch face or whatnot I right. know but women have those personas like that people put on us and it it, it is what it is. Maybe yeah. you're not having a good day or whatever that may be. But I love that you told that story about Jay because I, we should have mentioned when we were introducing her is this is who we visited while we were in London. Yes. Um, so uh, we had so much fun with you. Thanks for hosting us and taking us out that one night. And and uh, it was such a great time. Um, but I want to ask you, are you still now, Jay is working for, currently working for um, an Italian luxury car manufacturer and is that the same PR firm that you started with or did you eventually move jobs? No so this is my I'm on my third company um, in the UK so I started out at a PR agency specialized in the automotive field I had clients that did everything from brake pads and calipers to another luxury Italian car manufacturer um, and a classic auction house Um, so while I was at the PR agency I ended up um being being poached and so I went in-house with the luxury car luxury Italian car manufacturer I was working with at the time and it's while I was with that company that I was able to experience Formula One on a on a closer basis on a few occasions and absolutely loved that and then was there for about so I was at the agency for about three years and then I was at the first Italian car company for four years and I've been with the second one who 
again, not really poached me from the first one, but there was a much better job opportunity for me there. And so I made the move over from the red side to the blue side um, of Italian car companies about two years ago now. Okay, so that's so, it's such a cool job. And when I tell guys that I have a friend that lives in London and this is what she does, I think, I honestly think I have to wipe the drool off their face. So I I gotta know, like, does it Does it? Yeah. It is. When we were in London together that one night and we were having that conversation, like, to say, like at first I think they were, it was like, oh, you're from Canada. And then they're like, and where are you from? And then you start like talking. And, and you tell them like, where you work yeah. and they're like, they're uh, like, peace uh, out, Canadian uh, girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> you you're doing over there like we just want to know all about these cars and this yeah so I gotta know though because I mean not only it what case so you know how they say there's a panty dropper what is this a boxer dropper like it like (laughs) is this a boxer's (laughs) dropper like in dating how do you like does it fare well or I feel like it might go the opposite are they intimidated by it I have done my fair share of tinder dating um in the last couple years uh i was in a relationship beforehand and he worked in the same industry and for him it was it was just what we did for work so we met via work and it wasn't it wasn't exciting it was just it was the day-to-day it was our nine to five um and then same industry though so he knew what it was about exactly so he he knew what it was about his job arguably was cooler than mine and it has its it has its highs it has its lows but he got it and then that relationship ended and then and then I went into tinder and then it was meeting randoms who I you either got the they were so excited by it that all they wanted to talk about was what you do for work or they were excited about it for about five minutes until they realized that I probably knew more about cars than they did and suddenly that makes me very intimidating and not someone that they're really interested in. What about uh, I I could totally see that but you know what Mm -hmm. else I could see being a problem and I'm so curious to know if this bubbled up in relationships or even dating is jealousy because you probably work in a pretty male dominated industry I mean not maybe the girls in the office like you said in PR or um, HR whatever it is there's a lot of females in there but in the field, the drivers, the the seller, the salesmen, right? The good old boys club, you're probably around a lot of guys. And luxury brands, it's no different. You walk into a Louis Vuitton, a Gucci, they've got attractive people working, right? And luxury cars, same thing. So you're working with dudes, you're working with, with good looking guys, uh, you're a flirty, bubbly personality. Um, does jealousy ever pop into the picture it never did because when i was with my ex it was when i was doing i was working for the uh for the first italian car company and i was doing events so i was spending a lot of my time with our team of pro drivers um as well as our photographers and our videographers and the sales guys sales sales people from the dealerships because it wasn't all men there are there are women who work for them as well um but and the jealousy was never an issue for any of them. And it really it was really good because when I look back at it, I the majority of my friends were guys and I spent the most amount of time with them. I was away one year, I was away for six weeks traveling with them over the course of a year. And so it's you end up spending 
nights in really sometimes very, very horrible hotels and drinking quite a bit of alcohol. And because I was usually... To the, get yourself through it. Because yeah. I was only, usually the only girl, I very quickly became one of the boys. Yeah. So for the guys... A boy's girl. Fed, a guy's girl. I, I'm not actually a girl. There were times where we would be out for dinner and I would have to kind of remind them that still a girl and I... I don't want to hear you farting and burping well, and talking about, about women. And their other halves that I didn't really... Need to know. Need to know ever. Like, it was <laughs> an interesting insight into how the male brain works. Um, but jealousy was never an issue with the ex. It what about has, dating? It has been with the dating. Mm-hmm. Because I can see that. I, it's really difficult to explain. So when you're first meeting someone, you're talking about your friends and who you spend time with. And when you go, oh yeah, I'm going on a... And then I was with John and Jimmy. Fo- I'm and... going on a photo shoot for four days in the middle of nowhere. And I'm going with my photographer and two of my drivers. And, and they're both male. And we're, or all, all three are male. Males. We're going to be spending all the time together, including like breakfasts, lunch, dinners we're probably going to go out one night like it's that it had with dating it has they kind of get a bit like intimidated or uncomfortable uncomfortable with it and it's the you're dating someone you don't know them well enough to kind of invite them out invite them out or for them to really be a part of your life and to see that and it's also for me their work colleagues so while they are some of my closest friends they're still at the end of the day it's work so you wouldn't ever invite a significant other to anything that involved them so not when you're get, just yeah not when you're just yeah no that's them. such an All interesting perspective me saying oh my gosh this funny story happened and oh then we did this and and all of that so yeah it has cropped up a little bit darn I could see that being a problem for sure yeah. so what's in a day a day in life like if yeah, I had I to ask know. you day in a life of your job what do you do because I know you do a lot of travel and amazing photo shoots your Instagram is on point I love to follow you on Instagram of events in, in dresses yeah and, and going and here and, and the horse races and cars, polo and oh. cars and boys and it's every, a good Instagram every, follow. Every day is different. There is no, there's no typical day. Um, so I'm a press officer, so that means I deal with the media. So whether that is a um, car appearing at a photo shoot, answering the journalist's question, uh, if we've got a new product to launch, it'll be organizing um, the event. And when I say organizing the event, I mean the entire event from devising the road routes, um, writing the invitations, deciding what's going to be on the menus, everything. Like I, event management is my background, so I enjoy that aspect. So are you planning the event or are you just overseeing the event planners? Uh, Most of them I'm planning the event. We've got an event agency that we work with because it's a really small team, but at the same time, because we are a small team, it's sometimes easier just to it's interesting that it's a small team because when I think of the company that you work for and the car brand that you work for when you think of an Italian car you think of this brand don't get me wrong there are we're a satellite office of the head office okay Um, which is in Italy the head office office so London's like a sub company or not subdivision yeah um but it's a, it's still quite a it's quite a lean team. It's um we rely on agencies and we're obviously we've got support from our colleagues in HQ as well and their team is a lot bigger when they do events. Um, but no, for us we've never really needed it to be anything more than what you have. what we have at the minute. So how often do you go to Italy to go to um, the head office? This year I've only been. To, oh. 
this year. I've not been to Italy this year at all, I don't think. Oh, no, that's a lie. I've been once. I had to take I had to take CNN to um, on a media trip. And Sounds like such a <laughs> shit life. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, Jay. Yeah. I don't know how you get through your day. Oh, I've only been once this year. I had to take CNN yeah. to... <laughs> There are times where you've got the lovely press trips to um, Italy, but then there's also the times where you've got an event and something needs to be done and someone needs a car for a um, sunrise photo shoot. So you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning to hand over a car and to... Yeah, but you're driving that luxury car up the windy road of freaking... No, you're you're staying at a not-so-great hotel in the middle of uh, northern UK for that one. So that was the... There are... There are... It's not all all glamour. there's, There's the everyday those challenges but I almost enjoy the cleaning a car at a photo shoot so the last photo shoot that we did we had two days I had to get four cars done and I we were it's end of year we were budget so it's kind of like right we don't need a huge team of people had two drivers and a photographer and me that's all that we needed and because of that it meant that one of my roles on that shoot was to clean the cars which is, which, I mean, you're living your dreams. And so I was going to ask you, are you, do, you're so totally satisfied with your job. Yeah. You love it. And that Completely is huge. I think there is not a lot of people out there that get to wake up every day and they're doing their dream job. Yeah. So congratulations. I, it's exciting. That I, I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I have my, and what I love about the company I'm working with now is my boss in the UK is a woman. Um, our head of PR globally is also a woman. The team of um, the PR people in our head office in Italy are all women as well. So it's a very strong female empowerment. You never feel, you never made to feel less because you're a woman. So I really like that. And it's a really supportive environment as well. So it's a great place to go to work. Yeah. What I want to know is, and this is gonna, this is just like the glamorous part. And we, you, you mentioned this, PR Barbie that you kind of are trying to, you know, vision and um, take on all of that, that confidence when you're doing these events and you're walking into these rooms of people. But there's some pretty important people out there that I know that you've done some events with. Um, uh, Prince Harry and Prince William. <laughs> so yeah. did, PR, did PR Barbie make an appearance when you were doing this charity oh, polo match? Yeah, we well, not only that, I want to hear everything about it because oh, here on the XOXO Boss Babies podcast, I think we've talked about Meghan Markle at least three times. Yes. I am obsessed with Meghan Markle and by osmosis, now I'm obsessed with Harry. And so tell us everything. So we were lucky enough for the last couple of years, we have done a um, royal charity polo event and it's a charity event in sponsorship of the prince's chosen charities of the year so this last we've done it for the last three years i've been involved the last two years so not this year but the year before i had the privilege of meeting the um, duke of cambridge because he was playing in the event um and Prince Harry ended while he was injured at the time. He wasn't playing, but he did end up coming. So he was there for the meet and greet as well. Um, So yeah, I did have the privilege of meeting the two of them. And they were two of the most polite people and genuinely engaging people I have ever met. They, I am sure this is what they do for their job. They meet people. They are used to having to have conversations with strangers, essentially. And they do it with such ease and 
you genuinely feel that they're interested in what you're saying. That's so awesome. Say, That's amazing. And I love the fact that they are all of the money that gets raised at those events are going to their charities and representatives from the charities are there. So you get to see some of the kids that are benefiting from the hard work that you put into helping to organize an event. So it's really rewarding. It mu- I was going to say, it must feel so rewarding to give back to the community in some capacity, right? What is it like when you were in London when the Royal Wedding was going on. Like, could you feel the buzz? Which in... one? The first one or the second Both. one? Both. Like, could you feel... I'm forgetting Yeah, You would have been... Yeah. Like, so for and... the first one, yeah. I will admit, I was so anti the buzz up until three days before the wedding. My old offices, so when I was at the agency, were really close to Westminster Abbey, which is where the, the Kate and Williams wedding was. And so it was painful getting to work that week because there was so much traffic. They put up all the barricades and all the blockades in preparation for the wedding. I'm not going to lie, the thing I was most excited about was the fact that I was getting an extra long weekend because we got holiday on the Friday. And that year, it was around the same time as Easter. So I was like, this is wonderful. The weather's great. I'm going to get extra time off. I'm happy. Could care less about the wedding until about three days before and then all of a sudden I couldn't read any more articles about it and it was I was I was a woman obsessed it was my cousin and I ended up having a royal wedding breakfast that morning we watched the wedding we then (laughs) went to the pub in the afternoon and like joined the celebrations and it was lovely because it definitely felt like you were the British spirit and camaraderie and everybody was genuinely excited I don't know if they were excited because it was the wedding or the fact that we all got a day I think it's a little bit of both. And I was okay with that. Yeah. It was fun. And it, yeah, it was great. This second wedding, I felt that it was less, it was more removed because it was in Windsor. So it wasn't in London. So for me, I, I watched it. I wanted to see her dress. I wanted to see that. Which was less than exciting. I, I preferred Kate's dress. A hundred percent. And even everyone said, you know what, I gotta say this, and I'm sorry, Meghan Markle, if you're listening to this, because I love you. Like, I literally, <laughs> if you ever want to play for the other team, I'm down. But what oh, I God. will say is that the first dress was like, my jaw dropped, but not for a good reason. I was like, really? After Kate, you were kind of thinking, what is she going to do? Wear, she has yeah. to top it because it's fashion, right? And then everyone kept saying, but the second dress was better. The second dress, the second dress was better because the first the one, one sucked so badly, though. <laughs> it wasn't like the second dress was the most amazing no, thing you've ever seen. It it's that you loved it because the first one yeah. was so horrible. Yeah. But anyways, the second one, it was more removed. Were you as excited? I I wasn't, and it was, and I don't know if that's because she was marrying my future husband. I, <laughs> I still got over the fact that he didn't get married to me. Like, like the only piece of memorabilia I bought from the first royal wedding was a mug that said Harry's hotter. Oh, oh that's funny, which yeah. is true. Yeah. So I think I had a little little bit to, to get over the fact that she was marrying my future husband. But other than that, it was, again, it was a Saturday. I You didn't this, get a day off. Back to this extrovert, introvert thing as well. My Saturdays, I like to I like to do things for me. I like to go to the gym. I like to go to an exercise class. I like to go for brunch. And then I like to do nothing else. And so this whole, it, I didn't feel as special or as... In London, at least. My boss lives in Windsor, which is where the wedding was. She said the atmosphere and the vibe was amazing. So I think it 
again, it's a bit of a situational thing. Yeah. I, it's so hard for us to compare because yeah. we obviously, I mean, I was going to say we don't have a monarchy, but technically we are so part of it. We still do. I mean, technically we are still part of the British monarchy. So we do. Um, and so we feel it. But what I will say is that that spirit that uh, like other than people getting up early to watch it it wasn't like that was what was going on in the pubs celebrating the royal wedding here the only thing that i could probably compare it to is when the winter olympics were here in 2010 yes because when the winter olympics were here if you went downtown anywhere in vancouver the spirit was alive people were wearing the jerseys it. it was an energy that you could feel and I would imagine that's probably what it's like to yeah. feel the royal weddings. Yeah. So yeah, first royal wedding, there was an energy, there was a buzz, it was excitement, and you could feel it all around London. Second one, I'm sure that you could feel it around Windsor, but it didn't, for me, it didn't extend all the way to London. When she has her baby, do you think it'll be another buzz of energy, or? I think it depends, because they've now moved, or they're in the process of moving from their residence in Kensington, which was in London, to one in Frogmore, which is in Windsor. So I think if she has the baby in London, there will be the buzz, because there'll be the paparazzis. They camp outside of the wing where the maternity ward is at that hospital. If they do it a little bit more privately, I don't know if the buzz will be there. It'll be interesting because yeah. Megan has definitely broken barriers yeah. and, and, you know, talk about boss babes, right? She's really made it her own. I can't believe how many papers were talking about her nail polish color at the, what, what, the fashion show. Yeah. And she wasn't allowed to wear, I was listening, she wanted to wear a pantsuit recently. And she and they were talking about it. Um, and this is the one thing that Harry had even said, like, no. Like, Which is so interesting because she wore a dark nail polish and that's a no-no apparently. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if she chooses to do it more private. Yeah. But I'm actually surprised they're moving out of the residency in Kensington Palace. And, and for me, that was the one place while we were in London that I had we to go to. We, like, yeah. I was like, we're going. And the whole time, I have to just say, because B was like so cute. We're like walking around, like talk about we're talking about this energy and this vibe. Like you would have thought that they were there that day. And the whole time, he's <laughs> like... Can you imagine if Meghan Markle comes out and like sees us? <laughs> like twenty minutes later, could you imagine if we're drinking our tea and Meghan Markle sits across from us and has tea? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny but because yeah. they talk so much about they're not caught, and right? Yeah, and I think it's one of those things. Well, I've never had a not kind of a, a surprise encounter with a royal. You do walk past celebrities on a similar regular basis and you for the most part you don't notice them and who's the biggest celebrity you've ever seen yeah. are these celebrities in that are like uk that we wouldn't really know uh, over Brosnan. here oh, oh well we know him and, and to be fair the only reason i noticed him is i was walking we were walking to go shopping i had brunch with a couple friends and my friend next to me grabbed my hand so hard, I swear she almost broke it. And she was like, oh my God, that's Pierce Brosnan over there. And so we, I obviously looked and he saw us looking at him. He saw her having a meltdown. meltdown. And I felt so bad for Pierce Brosnan because Pierce Brosnan looked like he wanted to crawl underneath that table and hide. Because uh, it was just like he was having, it was a cafe. You could see that he was having his coffee. He was enjoying his yeah. like morning time alone. And then it was... And then we ruined it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Speaking of celebrities in London, and not that this is, I don't really know if anybody would even, anyone would even know this person, but um, B and I had an an encounter with a celebrity in London on our second to last night. We went to a pub 
and we were we did why do i not remember this was i drunk no you're gonna be like i remember i remember now we it was the night after wicked we were in staying in chelsea and we went to a pub across the street and the pub was empty but there was this this older woman sitting at the bar and when we got up and left she asked b and myself if we were actresses and and he says no this that's not what we do this it's is not the do. first time we've been asked yeah. if we're at royals act- yeah. i'm totally kidding this is the yeah. first time <laughs> she actually wanted to know if you were megan markle i was <laughs> did she really no i was like am i drunk like how drunk was i that i don't no. remember getting asked if i was megan markle no, but she starts talking to us and she said tells us that like being an actress is is really hyped up it's and- not all it's made out to yeah, be it's and- not as glamorous as it used to be and back in the day she was this actress and so we had a conversation with her she was like sitting at the bar drinking a tequila and so and they knew her her. they were like oh hi nice to see you again and where were we staying what area chelsea chelsea Chelsea. yeah Yeah. we were in chelsea we were right across the street so as we leave i ask her what her name is and she tells me well look me up i'm on google and i'm no she said imdb like her um her actor profile or whatever, That's right? True. IMDb, yeah. yeah She's like, IMDb, I'm on IMDb, look me up. Yeah, and I want to say it was Marion Collingwood, I want to say. So we get out of the restaurant and we stand on the corner. B looks her up and B's like, oh my gosh, she was in all of the like Lethal Weapon movies. She was in this show. She was in that show. Yeah. And we wanted to go back and get a picture with her. We didn't. We were so tired and we walked back. But because at first I'm thinking like, right, you're an actress. Like you're just some old woman sitting in the Sitting at a pub getting <laughs> drunk by yourself. <laughs> like but it kind of shows like, oh, here's this woman who was in a ton of movies. Yeah. Um, and sitting at a bar on a Thursday by herself. You yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of sad. It is. Yeah. And that's what she was saying is that it's really hyped up to be into. She was telling us, stick to your jobs that you're doing now. Don't fall into this line of work. Blitz and glamour. Yeah, it is very interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that was our one celebrity sighting. I never see celebrities, man. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm still waiting to see Michael Bublé. Oh, wait, that's not true. When I was in Vancouver once sitting at a wine bar, the entire cast of um, Star Trek came in. Not the show, the movie. So what's his name? Because he's a babe. Chris Pine. Oh, Chris Pine. He left early, which was really annoying. Yeah. But, yeah. I would have loved to have seen him. Yeah, exactly. So... What we got, got I know we totally got distracted yeah, by celebrities. Got distracted celebrities, but that's okay. But what I also want to know is, you were t- talk about how you have such a busy day to day life with, you know, the job that you do, and that when Saturday rolls around, you like to take that time for yourself. And I know a big part of your life um, is fitness and working out and your fitness journey and you look phenomenal by the way um and I want to know a little bit about that I want to know what made you start taking it more seriously because I know that you've even traveled to see um the tone it up girls and the tone it up girls have a huge following um I've done some of their workouts and what that was like for you and what you do now um in in London to keep you on you know keep you fit Yeah, so my, it sounds so cliche, my fitness journey, um, I'm not going to lie, it started from I wanted a revenge body, I had a bad breakup, and I knew I was going to have to see him, or had, wasn't, had potential of seeing him at a work event in about six weeks time, I was having dinner with my best friend, and she was telling me about these workouts that she'd started doing, there were videos on YouTube, they were 
15 minutes, 30 minutes long, and they were amazing, and that I would love the two trainers. And so it was kind of like, all right, well, I'll try this. I don't, gyms are really expensive in London, and I refuse to pay the price for what they are. I am not a runner, so going outside and running for free, not something that I'm gonna do. So something that I can work out in the comfort of my own home, great. So went online, looked up, it was toted up, so it was Karina and Katrina, and started doing their workouts every day and kind of haphazardly followed it didn't they've got a nutrition plan at that point i was just going online looking at the looking at the workouts it was they're kind of like subdivided by like body part and i was like you know i'm a relatively fit person i used to do dance when i was younger i was a cheerleader i've always kind of kept up with my fitness i do a lot of yoga and i was like I can do the I could do the yoga tone and sculpt a 45 minute routine that's fine I literally died 15 minutes into it I was on the floor in my apartment I couldn't move I pulled some muscle in the back of my leg and it was literally contemplating well this is where I'm going to have to sleep because my roommate wasn't home that weekend eventually regained control of my legs and my body and was able to sit up and was kind of like wow that was tough and then maybe we'll try the 15 minute workouts to start with so kind of started doing them on a daily basis and started seeing some results and it very quickly became more about me and less about doing this for someone else and good for you I it is that endorphins that you get the rush from exercising and while I have never I was never a bigger girl but I was always I always felt like I was the chubby girl growing up and I was always the friend I was never never going to be the leading lady in a story like it was the and when I started doing the workouts and started doing the tone it up it was kind of like this feels this feels really good kind of sort of kept doing it had various things happen in my life stopped working out and then my 31st birthday was approaching and was kind of reevaluating 30 worst year of my life lots of crappy things happened in 30 I was very glad to see the end of 30 so for 31 I am this cool for my 31st birthday for myself I bought myself a Nutribullet and the Tone It Up nutrition plan I I signed up for their 31 day challenge that they usually do in October and I stuck to it like a tea for the 31 days and I saw results and it was really good and I enjoyed it and then they do a new year's challenge every year and it was that one in january 2017 signed up for it the theme of their challenges are always they're they are boss babes it's always empowering that challenge theme was look for love so not only were they giving you um, nutrition guidelines workouts to do on a daily basis they've got five daily moves as well as videos it was also um, lifestyle challenges. So you had to be out and if you would see a heart somewhere and it was noticing the little things and their Instagram, they encourage everybody to get an Instagram, a fitness Instagram account that you can post tone it up related things on it. And it's all about community. And it is, it's your tagging other random strangers that you've met on the internet. And some of the random strangers that I've met on the internet have become some of my closest friends now because this the community is huge. Like yes, they have... Yeah. They have grown exponentially in the last couple of years. And so in twenty end of twenty seventeen, they did a tour. So for I think it was for two months, they went to I wanna say fifteen cities and for my thirty second birthday, my mum bought me my ticket to go to the tour in Tampa. So I flew from London to Tampa for less than forty eight hours. 
because I knew that I wanted to meet these women that had changed my life because the person that I am today is I would I am who I am because of Tone It Up and it that's has given so me, cool it has given me a confidence it has given me a boss babe attitude and it's also given me really great button arms like yeah. I, <laughs> it's given me a great button arms it's bonus it's for it I have never been in better shape in my entire life so I paid the money I flew to Tampa I went out for dinner with randoms who were all there for the tour some of them were from Tampa some of them were in visiting and for me the biggest moment that reflected to me that I had changed back to this whole I think I'm shy the workout of the tour it was three different trainers so there was a yoga session there was a uh, 45 minute class with Jillian Michaels and then there was a 45 minute class with Karina and Katrina for each of the ones they were asking for volunteers to come up on stage the yoga was the first one there weren't a lot of people doing the yoga there were still a fair few they went who would like to come up on stage? It was like somebody else raised my arm because I was raising my arm and yeah. I was going, I'll come up on stage. So I went on stage. Oh, and oh my and God. I did yoga during the Tampa leg of the Tone It Up tour. And it was such an empowering feeling to be on stage in front of all of these amazing, amazing women. And it was just kind of like, it was such a, it was a life-defining moment for me. And it was... So toned up, that sort of started me on my fitness journey. With that, I've been to, they've got, a, they've got an app so that you can do the workouts wherever you are. I also, I love, I love a free workout class. I will, my best friend and I will pretty much try any workout as long as you've got a good deal for it. Yeah. I had to go for work. I had to go preview an event that we were looking at sponsoring. I didn't want to go. It was a Sunday morning and I was like, oh, I was like, I'll only go if, if I can go do the free Barry's Bootcamp teaser class. And five minutes later, three tickets for Barry's Bootcamp were in my inbox. And I was like, so I'm going to that class. It was the hardest class I have ever done. And it was only a teaser because normally Barry's Bootcamp, it's half on a treadmill, half on the floor. When they do pop-up classes, it's half cardio, half weights, but you're not running. I had laryngitis at the time. I at one point was in the corner coughing, but you got such a rush that it was like, of course I'll go do a regular class. And then a, a addiction has been, um, Bond has been born. I am 100% addicted to Barry's Bootcamp. It is the best, they call it the best workout in the world. I 100% agree. I, there's one opening up in Seattle now. So that's the, probably the closest for uh, Vancouver listeners to go. There's one in Toronto as well. They're all over London. And I've recently, they did for their 20th anniversary, they did a decades challenge that so you had to do 20 classes in 30 days. And I spent one whole lunch hour scheduling so I could make sure that I could fit my 20 classes in in 30 days but I have never been I've been the best shape of my life you go for you I'm so proud of you it's inspiring to listen to you because I I mean I I talk about multiple times about how lazy I am (laughs) so I might as well just bring it up one more time here but I've just had so much going on my on in my life in the last year divorce new relationship moving, those type, yeah. moving twice in the last year and it's just there's so much you just have a million things to make excuses for yourself but at the same time as you're sitting here talking about the rush you feel and how good the endorphins feel after working I was like I know those feelings like I have had moments where I get obsessed gym rat obsessed and have friends who have offered to help start working me out again and all these things yeah. it's like over here yeah I'm constantly trying to get her to come to class like I don't work out as much as you do. Totally. So it's a, a huge inspiration. I have to say, 
is we were out together last week and so I was asking you about this various boot camp and we were talking about different fitness things because you love Tone It Up. I've done a few of their workouts. I love Tracy Anderson. And this girl over here, Jay, is like, oh, I will come home after a day of work and I'll do this and I'll do this. And then she goes and does Barry's boot camp at 9 p.m. at night. Yeah, my regular I, class is the 9 p.m. Because which is crazy. I work outside of London, so it can't take me any... Sometimes it takes three hours to get home. On a normal night, it takes about an hour, so I don't have to leave. I can leave, still leave work about 6 30 7 o'clock if I bring all my stuff and just go straight to the class and for me it's the best way to unwind after a stressful day because all of the frustrations and to be fair again I said I'm not a runner I run better when I'm angry so if I've had a bad day at work I am going and I'm doing a class that involves a treadmill because it's I get my frustrations and anger out that way. I'm looking at you like you're an alien species because the fact that you just broke that down for us, I think is so important because uh, TA and I have talked about this so many times is that for us, it's so hard to go and work a full day and then come home, make dinner, go do a workout. Like that's the last thing I want to do. And you've talked about your struggle with that as well. And here you are saying, I have an hour to a three hour commute. You do all this other stuff like how do you have the energy i i struggled for about a year because turn it up are big proponents of you work out in the morning they have it's their booty call so you get up at five o'clock in the morning and you have that hour to yourself and you worked out and i made myself do that for a solid year and a half i am not a morning person there's no amount of caffeine in the world that's going to make me happy to work out in the morning i will do it because if that's the only time i can get a workout in that day i'm going to but naturally i have more energy in the evening so i was finding i was struggling through early morning classes i had to go to a nine o'clock class to fit it into the schedule when i was doing the 20 classes in 30 days found a trainer that i loved and did the best runs of my life. And it was kind of like, this shouldn't work. And I was like, it must just be a fluke. So I went back a couple of days later, did another nine o'clock class. And I was like, I'm converted. I can sprint at on 10 miles per hour for a minute in a nine o'clock class. In a 6 a.m. class, I'm on five miles per hour wanting to die. Yeah. Interesting. And so yeah. you've, you've definitely been an inspiring guest to have, Jane. I've got to ask you a couple questions. Um, one is... If you could own any car in the world, what car would be parked in your garage? It would be a, because it's one that is parked in my parents' driveway at the minute. It's a 67 (laughs) E-Type. My dad's first child is his E-Type. Um, what the so heck is an E-Type? It's a Jag. So it's okay, a, it's you got to add that for our <laughs> listeners, honey. It's an E-Type. Um, it's a classic car, and it is, it's beautiful. I love the fact that it's vintage and that it's... Yeah, it's just... It's okay, beautiful. well, that's not fair because you're going to get willed that to you and... Oh, I've <laughs> got it down. I was going to say, it's going to be <laughs> yours <laughs> anyway. So besides that, next one, what would you have? Um, oh, I don't, it'd be tough to have. I like an SUV. I like a higher driving position. I like so to I feel know. in control of the road. Um, so I, I feel that it's... I can't some, some type some of, SUV. of SUV. Okay, interesting. And uh, you're a traveler. You love to travel. So where in the world would you travel if you could go anywhere in the world? Ooh. That's tough. Oh, you've stumped me. I, um, 
I want to go to New York. It's not a big, exotic, exciting place. I've never been. Oh, you have to go. I would love to go. I'd also love to go to Australia because I've never been there before either. Oh, I'd go to Australia with you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to come visit you in a few months. Yeah. I'm going to try to I have a Google. good friend that lives in Australia, yeah. so and we then, should go on a trip one day. Maybe we should plan for the year 2020 that I Australia. we go to Australia yeah. and we meet you there. So those are places that I've never been that... Really New York's amazing. You've got to go. Yeah. You absolutely got to go. We got to wrap it up. We're getting close to an hour. We don't keep you listeners, but of course, we can't finish the podcast without a quick game of XO or no. And of course, TA and I are going to be asking Jay some questions. We have a guest. We have to get her started with the XO or no. So for the first question of XO or no, Jay, is men with accents. XO or no? Ooh. Um... I guess EXO, but it's it's kind of not EXO or not no. I don't really. You're you're. It doesn't matter. I'm, it, yeah, I'm a bit immune to it. It's I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be pulled in by an accent, but if someone had one, I wouldn't be turned off by it. Okay, okay. interesting. Okay, my next question. We kind of touched on these uh, these two young blokes earlier. EXO <laughs> or no. Prince Harry and Prince William. Oh, XO, I love them. Both okay. of them? Both of them. Even William with his hair? Yeah. Okay. okay. Interesting. I mean, Harry is a XO for sure, yeah. but William? Yeah. Okay. XO or no, dating a guy that doesn't have a car? Working in the industry I work in, it's a... Oh... Again, it's an XO and it's a no. I live in London. Not many people have cars. No. It's a if it was if I was in Vancouver or if I lived outside of London, it, you have to have a car because otherwise, how are you getting around? Living in central London, it's it's not required. It's not, it's not required. required. Is it still nice though? It's a bonus, but you have to it's have a, a nice bo- car. Yeah, yes. but that's my point because <laughs> yeah, for yeah, you, because exactly. I was actually yeah. going to change the question: dating a guy with a beater. <laughs> Like, let's say you're dating a guy with a Toyota Corolla, a 1995 Toyota Corolla. Yeah, I feel that's a no. That's a no? Okay, good to know. So the next XO or no is a guy that doesn't like to travel. Oh, no. I like to travel. Okay. Us too. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I agree. That's a no for me. Okay. And our fifth and final XO or no for you is what if you're you're dating a guy that does not get along with your family? XO or no? Oh, it's a no. It's just not going to work long term. I am am an only child. I'm close to my family. And if they don't like my family, then... I don't really like them. Yeah, yeah, Love that's it. true. I get totally. Thank you so much for coming all the way from Ooh, London to record me. with us tonight. We're so excited. I think that was an amazing story of what it takes to be a boss babe and all the different things you've accomplished in your life. We're so excited to share your story with our listeners. So we just really appreciate you taking the time to, to come out and and uh, you know, as it's the holidays, if you have one sort of holiday wish, what would it be? difficult is it too cliche to say peace on earth like it's just no i don't think so so. everybody needs to be a little bit happier i think in our climate right now that we've got going on and and what's happening in the world and especially down in the states i think peace on earth is a good wish to wish for yeah 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 well you are definitely um the definition of courage inspiration beauty all things wonderful so um 
I am going to miss you when you go, for sure. I, I've enjoyed spending my time with you over the past uh, little while that you've been here. I know that we have plans for us to meet up um, in London in, in a few months from yeah. now. So um, thank you so much for taking the time and, and being on the XOXO Boss Babes podcast and sharing your story with us and sharing your story for all those other girls or women out there. And that if you are listening to this, wherever you are, whatever age you are, to know that we're you just, can pick up and move and you can and also yep. apply for your job in, in different ways, right? Like be bold and yeah, reach out because look where it's gotten you. you. You're doing your dream job and there's not a lot of people out there who are waking up every morning and doing what they love. So congratulations and thanks. And thank you to our listeners so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of XOXO Boss Babes. Don't forget to go on to Instagram and follow us at XOXO Boss Babes on Instagram and also download and listen and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe. See you next time. Bye. You, you know, know you love, love us. us. XOXO. Boss babes.